right, welcome in to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatch. I'm your host today. Um, today we have the honor and privilege of having Kayla Smith joining us again for another episode. I'm pretty sure Hello. this qualifies you as a platinum member of the <laughs> Growing Faith Podcast Club that didn't exist until just now. So welcome to the platinum level. Um, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's always a lot of fun, and I'm always blessed and honored that you'd want me on here. So yeah, let's. let's well, it's gonna love. be. Yeah. You're a big part of uh, small group ministry at Mana House, and so I figure, uh, what a great opportunity to have you kind of speak into this. And because uh, here at the Growing Faith Podcast, we are focused on uh, two primary aspects of the local church: uh, small groups and pastoral care. Lots of overlap in those two topics. Um, we do obviously kind of branch out into a bunch of other things because honestly community and pastoral care is such a big part of what the church is and should be accomplishing um, and so today we're actually going to jump into the topic of um, missional being missional uh, we're going to talk specifically in the context of small groups um, there is obviously an individual expression of this because um, God did speak to us as individuals, has called us as individuals, but he also places the solitary in families. And so we know that God is about the family of God, um, not about a whole bunch of individuals. So yeah, I'm excited um, about is, this topic. Come on. And so we decided in our, because we put our heads together and we decided to be really <laughs> smart and, and we, and we didn't want to just assume, right, that people know why they should be missional and maybe maybe mm -hmm. even what in the world is missional. So um, do you want to take a crack at defining what being on mission or being missional is all about? Oh my goodness. You're going to put me on the spot right from like the yeah. first set go. It, it makes um, for good so, radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really love her doing this because I think that you're right. We assume people know what it, what it means to be missional or we just say kind of broadly, like, well, it's what Jesus told you to do. Like, but let's talk about what it really means. And I think what we're really going to dive into is, is this is the Great Commission, right? We are called to serve the world around us and show them God's love. And so how do we do that in the context of our small groups and of, of being leaders um, of those groups and in the church? So um, that's kind of what I took away from it. I'm sure you can probably expound on it a little bit more. But um, I'm, yeah, it's just I'm really excited about this topic and to dive into it. So. No, I think it isn't, it isn't super complicated. So I really think that you, you hit, you know, a, a vast majority of what we would define being missional as. It's just, we want to be on the mission that God's given us, the great co-mission as you, as you stated, you know, go therefore into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples and baptize people, you know, so if we were really to boil down, um, you have that and then you have the great commandment of love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So if we take the great commandment and the great commission, and we kind of cram those things together, we need to be loving God like crazy, loving other people like crazy, but not just uh, loving them like feeding them food and making sure they uh, you know, have shelter or all of the you know myriad of different needs that can come up but making sure that we are leading them to life and, and life is 
preaching the gospel and making sure that people are becoming disciples and following Jesus. And um, people, people do, uh, people do and follow what you do a lot more than what you say. And so our actions are so critical. Um, it was kind of funny. I was speaking to uh, our leadership team at the church one time and uh, you know, we're, we're just doing an audio podcast here so people can't see me, but I put my hand on my, on my nose and I said, put your finger on your chin. And, uh, and it was kind of funny because typically uh, when I put my finger on my nose and tell people to do something uh, that involves putting their finger somewhere on their face, which you should not do during the coronavirus, <laughs> don't touch your face. So this is a terrible example for uh, living in I know. <laughs> so anyways. Um, yeah, and if that, if that wasn't clear, we're recording this during the virus. We're in separate <laughs> houses. We're on Zoom. Uh, so. Practicing social distancing. So, um, <laughs> but so typically what will happen if you put your finger on your nose and tell people to touch their chin is that they'll put their finger on their nose because they're doing what they're seeing, not totally thinking through what you told them to do. They right. just assume, they just assume that you're going to tell them to do the thing that you're doing. And uh, it's a great way to beat kids in, uh, in uh, Simon Says. <laughs> uh, it's so fun. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a great pleasure of mine to get kids out in Simon Says. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay. Hard life lessons, hard life lessons. Yeah, you know, you're like, all right, uh, put your hand on your knee, and you touch your elbow, and they're all like touching their elbow. You're like, ah, that's not your knee. Um, so, anyways, uh, I digress. That's not why people tuned in today. Probably um, that will be another episode: uh, secret strategies and how to dominate at Simon Says. So, um, I'll put that on the list. That'll be a really popular episode, I'm sure. So. Uh, going back to where I was started with that is what was kind of funny when I spoke to the leadership team at the church is I swear to you, like nobody in the room did anything. <laughs> they just, everybody just sat there looking at me and I was like, uh, well, you're kind of ruining my point here by not doing anything. You know, like you were all supposed to touch your noses and you're not even that doing anything. You. And, uh, <laughs> and so I thought, that's kind of funny. Isn't that the way we are sometimes is that, uh, you know, it's not a matter of a miscommunication. It's not a matter of misunderstanding what we should be doing. We just don't do it. Like, because, yeah. because as Americans, I just speak for America. Cause I live here, lived here my whole life is we, we, uh, we tend to have a really good spectator culture, you know, where, other people, the professionals, the professionals are out there doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing. And I get to come and partake, you know, I mean, you and I both love the ducks. And though there would be some, there would be some, uh, you know, conversations about uh, whether you could call them professionals or not. But let's just say there's tons of money in college sports, right? Not a lot of yeah. it's going to the players per se, but um but, you know, people pay money to show up at Autzen Stadium and watch other people play football, you know. And so um, <laughs> it's they always say football is, you know, thousands of people watching 22 people or it's 20. It's thousands of people desperately in need of exercise watching 22 people that are desperately in need of a break, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 
but we're, we have tons of things in our culture that are built on the idea of spectatorship and just watching. And so sometimes that mentality kind of ends up bleeding over into other parts of our lives. Yeah. And our relationship with Jesus should not be one of those things. Well, and it's, it's scary and it's nerve wracking and it's hard to take that first step sometimes too. And you know, it, it's much easier to just send a check every month to some sort of mission center around the world or to pray or, you know, it's in there. And there are very real, you know, depending on what you're called or what you're wanting to do, safety concerns to think about. But it's just nerve wracking to be the person to step up and be like, no, we need to go start knocking on some doors and and, and seeing how our neighbors are doing, you know. So, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, so um, I just thought we'd jump into James chapter 1, uh, verses 22 through 27, um, reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your mirror, at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless, pure and genuine in the sight of God the Father um, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So. Um, man, I love, I love the book of James, just super practical, um, boots on the ground. Like, man, let's talk about how, how this thing should be affecting you, how your life should look as you follow Jesus. And, um, and so, uh, when, when I went to Bible college, I don't, I don't remember what class I was in it. uh, Anyways, we talked about the principle of the Sea of Galilee compared to the Dead Sea. And so um, I guess if we were to give a really quick uh, kind of, you know, geography lesson, um, the Sea of Galilee is just the center of massive amounts of, of commerce. So you got lots of fishing and all of the different kinds of commerce that happen around uh, bodies of water, right? So People are fed, money is made, all kinds of plant life and all kinds of stuff in uh, recreation. I'm sure they've got paddle boats and stuff, you know, like, which that reminds me, the last time I rented a paddle boat, it was a significantly disappointing experience. We're like <laughs> pedaling and pedaling and pedaling and we're like going nowhere. I'm like, Never are, there had actually, these <laughs> are there actually paddles on this paddle boat? I'm not sure because we're not going anywhere. Thank yeah, you. I like my boat motors. <laughs> Thankfully, they Butters gave us inner some tubes. <laughs> Nice uh, inner tubing on the lake. That is fun. So um, basically, lots of fun stuff that can happen. Sea of Galilee, lots of hard work, lots of again production, commerce, um, and then you look at the Dead Sea, and basically the only thing happening at the Dead Sea, though there is you know some uh, medicinal qualities to the water because it's got so many minerals stocked up in it. Um, mostly people come to the Dead Sea to gawk at the weirdness of it all. Um, there's, it's a very, um, 
it's a very dry arid kind of place around the dead sea there's just not a lot of life not a lot of green and not a lot of anything like that and uh you know the mineral content because it's just uh, the dead sea just gets dumped into and dumped into and dumped into it's got no outlet it just right. that's the that's the end of the road and then evaporation happens and so the the water is evaporating out of there but the mineral content Minerals, that's in the yeah. water is staying there and so the mineral content in the dead sea just continues to increase and increase and and so you can literally like just sit in the water and float because the the water is basically so thick i guess um i've never been there but uh I would love to hear from someone that has been there. That would be kind of fun. So if you've ever been there, Rick at Church, hit me up. Yeah. So, um, and so basically if, if we were to say that the, those two bodies of water are two different lives that can be lived, um, the, the sea of Galilee has an inlet. So it's receiving water mm -hmm. in but it also has an outlet where it is yeah. sending sending water somewhere else. And then the Dead Sea is just receiving, 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 and there is no outlet. There's no, there's no place for the life-giving flow to go. And what I find is kind of interesting is basically, you know, the water is essentially, essentially toxic in a sense. I mean, like, you couldn't drink it for you know any sort of life-giving water. No, uh, no fish live in the Dead Sea because it's just there's not enough like oxygen in the water and all this kind of stuff. No um, life there whatsoever. Right. It, it's interesting. It's interesting that even in the midst of that, there is still medicinal qualities to the water. Uh, to, you know, because of the mineral content and stuff. It's so interesting that you know. I mean, God's like that with our lives, even when we are just totally botching it. <laughs> like we're, finds a way like, to make good. Yeah, he totally. Yeah, he he finds a way to you know spill some of the mineral content of our lives on people, and it and, it, <laughs> and it's good for them, and it helps them um, because yeah. he's so good, not because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I just thought I'd run it by you. Have you had? Have you had seasons in your life where you feel like, man, looking back, I would say that that was a, that that was a Dead Sea kind of season of my life? Or can you look back and see like, oh man, that was a Sea of Galilee season in my life where, man, I, I had, I had outlet, I had in, like inflow and outgo, you know, like, have you, yeah, have um, you experienced it? I would say yeah that's that's kind of a tough one and and i would say i feel like i'm kind of in a sea of galilee season right now a little bit i feel like i'm being um just stirred up and inspired in different ways and wanting just feeling kind of like an urgency to do more um in the kingdom or for the kingdom but i would definitely say like my dead sea season and i've been on the show before kind of initially to talk about it was definitely when my dad was was really sick and when he passed away um i just i was broken i had nothing you know i just was i i was taking in a lot from other people because i was just desperate for that you know i just needed people to to just be there for me and and speak into my life and and comfort me but i I wasn't giving out anything that was good. I was angry and I was sad and, and, 
and I had my moments where I lashed out, but, um, I just remember kind of turning to God and saying to him, like, your word tells me that, you know, you can make good out of everything. So do it. Cause I don't have any good here. Like I'm dead. I, I have pain. I have hurt. My father dying does nothing good for me. So you know what? You do something good with it. Cause I can't. And, um, and you know, I've, I've been very blessed that you asked me to come on the show and talk about that and talk about what the church can, can do and should do and does do. And, and, and to, to speak and hopefully, hopefully speaking into people's life, practical things that are helping them. But, um, you know, that was definitely my, my, a very pronounced Dead Sea season in my life. And then now being in a different place and being in a, a, a place where I have a little more clarity looking back on things and um, feeling a little bit more empowered and feeling a little more inspired, I, I feel like I'm in more of a Sea of Galilee season. And, and I don't know what that's going to end up looking like, but I'm excited for what God's going to do. I would definitely agree. Uh, just being someone that knows you uh, reasonably well, I would agree that this this season in your life definitely is one where you're you're putting yourself in a position where you're receiving from people and you're you're hungry and you're a learner. And so I love even just the humility that you come at stuff. Um, you're you're teachable and you're willing to grow and learn. Um, you don't come to it thinking, "Oh, I got this. I know I know everything that I need to know about this thing." And um, and yet you're, so you're humble and teachable and yet you're not in this place where you're like, oh, I don't know anything and I can't do anything. And so you are willing to gather a couple Thank people you. around you and pour into them. And so I, I think that it, I think you're bringing up a really important clarification point in the conversation that, that maybe I was even wrong to even state it like uh, stages of life. Um, that are one way or the other, but maybe just addressing the the mindset because I think that it's I think that it's normal and understandable that you have seasons in your life where where you are broken, you are hurting, you are wounded, um, and and that does not and and in those seasons you're right like you know you don't ask the the patient in the hospital that just you know. They got in a horrible accident. They got horribly injured and they, you know, they're barely conscious. They're barely awake, but they are recovering from this thing. And they are you know, like, you're, they're getting better. And the doctors expect they'll make a full recovery and all this stuff. We go, okay. And so we think to ourselves, you know what? I bet you in three to six months, this person's going to be back kind of beginning to be in the mix of things again. They're going to, maybe they'll go back to their job and they'll go back to this and that. But until then we, we think it completely normal that they, that they stay in bed, Yeah. <laughs> that, they, that they rest and that they take the medicine they need to take and on and on and on. Right. And that's normal. We don't, we don't begrudge them anything like, come on, get your lazy butt out of bed and, and, and do some stuff. No, we go, no, it, it's appropriate that you stay in bed and that you rest and you heal. And so from an emotional and spiritual side of things, it would be much the same way where, where we would say, gosh, you know, um, like in your situation, Hey, your, your dad just died. Like, yeah, take some time to process because if you don't process and you don't heal in a healthy way, 
you actually then kind of skew the the rest of the direction of your life because if, if so you get bad. stuck if you get stuck then you're just stuck and then everything that comes out of you from then on it's almost like uh you you either close off your ability to pour into others or you so dramatically shift the direction that the water would go you know if we want to use that kind of river uh, you know uh, picture that water. we're talking about <laughs> yeah that, then um then then the then what you're sending will either one be like toxic or two it could just completely miss the mark because it goes the wrong direction and so um so i think maybe more just uh, i'm kind of correcting myself as we go i love this this is so fun so um is uh is to think more of overall heart and mindset of the stuff to say that god wants us to receive um and he wants us to be humble he wants us to be teachable but he also doesn't want us to then just be full and overflowing for no reason he has he has people he has places he has things yeah. that that he wants to see accomplished in us and through us and that's what i love is like it's not just in us but it's through us it's not just through us but it is also in us and so you can't be a giver and a giver and a giver unless you're receiving something at some point. Incorrect. So good. And so, um, up here. So, uh, sorry. That's Distracted okay. by my computer giving me messages. <laughs> so, um, uh, okay. Totally lost my train of thought. No. So you have to be Receiver. on both sides of things. You have to give and you have to receive. Mm-hmm. otherwise you go bankrupt if you give too much and you haven't been receiving and if you're receiving and receiving because it's the kingdom of god principle it says that you know an, one man gives and gives and gives and yet has way more the mm-hmm. other one hoards and hoards and hoards and finds himself in lack and so it's the weird like you wouldn't think that necessarily, you know, from a monetary collecting kind of thing, you would think if you keep and keep and keep and keep that you would have more and more and more, but actually even monetary stuff works that way as well. Um, if you just get money and put it in a bank account, you actually, um, you know, no savings account rates match inflation. So if you simply put all of your money in a bank account, um, the actual amount of wealth that you have will begin to go backwards as time goes on because inflation will outpace your savings interest income. So the only way for you to grow the amount of money that you have is actually to invest it in vehicles that will accomplish something. And so it's so interesting how God has created the physical world to operate so similarly to how the spiritual world works so that us simple people can look at it and go, oh, oh, that's, oh, that's how this is supposed to work. You know, like, oh, okay, I, I can't just be thinking about myself. I need to be thinking about other people. So, yeah, so God's made it pretty clear, you know, go into all the world, make disciples, uh, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize them, and uh, and then teach them to do all the things that I have taught you. And so, um, I, I love the fact that even as a church, we're becoming more and more focused on discipleship and making disciples. 
because by definition of how Jesus laid it out, the church should be a disciple making factory in a sense. And if you owned a shoe factory and you went to the end of the production line and no shoes were coming out of the shoe factory, you would go, huh, I think we have a problem. And so if you go to the end of the church, you know, quote unquote production line, and there are no disciples coming out, then we, you know, Houston, we have a problem. So, um, awesome. <clears throat> so, so everything that we've been talking about so far can very easily be uh, just the personal level, um, but yeah. we're, also, we're also talking about the small group level. And so we had a cup. We had some concentric circle thing that we wanted to talk about, just to give <laughs> some uh, contexts in which outreach can happen. And then what we'll do is we'll come back in another episode. And we will talk about some of the practical hows. We actually have a, a cool little acronym to work with. So it'll be hopefully fairly easy to remember. Um, but did you want to go ahead and just uh, list out the, some of those different concentric circles? And then we could just briefly touch on each of them and, uh, and then kind of wrap up from there. So yeah. Captain. So the, we kind of came up with three different uh, concentric circles. Your group your neighbors or your neighborhood, and then your local church. So group, whatever your small group looks like, um, obviously it can be just whatever your group is and how you can use that to be more missional. Your neighbors and your neighborhood, you know, that's really the crux of it, right? Reaching the world around us for Jesus. And I don't know about you, but like when I think of that, I'm just like, I'm like, I just want you to know Jesus because he's so amazing. <laughs> you know, I like, if you knew what I knew, you would never go back. Um, and then the local church, you know, how do we get ourselves more involved in what our church is doing on a bigger level? Because most churches have things that they're working on. They have projects, they have partnerships. So how do you get you yourself and your group more involved in that? Yeah, and I, I think that um, the way you described it, um, kind of includes my my fourth category that I would put in there, which would just be kind of the the nations of the world or kind of having that global perspective. And so I think that um, I think that probably a lot of that works best through their local church. if you're if you're a part of a local church that has a global vision, which Lord help us, I hope I hope that's most of them out there, right? But um, okay because you can adopt missionaries and you can pray and all that kind of stuff, which we kind of will spend most of our time in the next episode talking through the practice. But um, so a lot of that can be done really, really well through the local church. Um, but also super important that we don't just limit it necessarily to the local church context, but to kind of cast vision in people's hearts. Because I think as smaller leaders, um, we need to actually think about the possibility that someone in our small group um, might be a church planter down the road. They might be a missionary down the road. And it's kind of one of those things where if we never think about it and we never talk about it and we never pray about it and we never any of those things that the odds are a lot of it won't happen or it won't happen for a while um, because God wants to work through us. Uh, he doesn't just want to, you know, do everything. And so um, I just, sometimes it's so easy for us as Americans, again, I'll just pick on America. It, it's so easy for us to get so 
introspective um, and that would be from an individual perspective thinking about my world my hurt my pain my challenges my worries my fears or even from a group perspective or a church perspective it can be very easy to think about um, from a group perspective gosh how do you know that you know gosh only half of the group showed up today you know and how do we get the rest of everybody to show up and um man you know like we're we're studying um you know the the book of hebrews and um you know and so like are are we studying the book of hebrews for life change and growth or are we just trying to like pile up you know mental knowledge and understanding and so um yeah Go ahead. I love I love too that like you're we're talking about this during this COVID nineteen season because we're talking about being very introspective, very kind of I guess selfish for lack of a better word, you know? And and right now that's how people are feeling. People are scared. How does this affect me, you know, in the in the real world? How am I gonna pay my bills? How am I gonna keep my family healthy? And I was just thinking, I'm like, if I'm feeling that these pressures, I'm feeling these anxieties, imagine the people around me in my neighborhood or my world that don't know Jesus and the pressures that they're, they must be feeling. Because I, I can turn back and I can rest. I can turn on my worship music. I can pray to him. I can read my scripture and I can repeat the promises that he says to me and I can rest on them. And I have. But if you don't know Jesus, all that pressure, all that anxiety, all that fear is just settling on you all day, every day. You know, like if not now, when do we reach the world? So good. I don't know. And just a thought I was. No, absolutely. In, in my, in my men's small group, we just got done going through the book of John and uh, in John, it talks about how, you know, my peace I give to you. And I don't give like the world gives, like the world can't give what I give and the world can't take it away. And that's such a perfect um, description of what you were just talking about that, um, man, I, I don't know how people make it without Jesus. And yet, even as we say that, it's like, well, how often are we helping people understand that? You know, like it, yeah. if, if we encountered a great product that we buy at the store and it, man, it changes our life. Like, I don't know like what, you know, maybe it's some nutritional supplement or whatever and you take it and it makes you feel so good and you're like oh man this is the best product i've and and so you're posting on social media and you're telling your friends and you're having a party and you know you're giving people samples and you know because you're so excited yeah. about the effect this product has had on your life do we do the same thing in regards to our relationship with jesus like wow let me introduce you to the person that changed my life um and you know, you gotta, you gotta be careful how you say it in a sense, cause it could sound like, I don't know, degrading, like, Hey, let me give you a sample. Uh, but you know, it's right. We don't want to def- offend people. It's like, taste. we don't want to offend people. We want to, yeah. Right. Taste. Now and we're going back and forth. <laughs> that the Lord is good, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, um, and so, I mean, uh, maybe it's even scriptural. We should be giving people samples of what it is to, to, to walk in relationship with the King of Kings, the creator of the universe. And uh, so I think, um, you know, I think as we just kind of wrap up this whole idea of the why of being missional and thinking outreach and getting outside of 
uh, our small group box is, is one is to make sure that your own heart relationship with Jesus is healthy. Um, and, and I th- I'm so thankful for pastor Mark Jones in our church who so constantly is beating the drum of time alone with God. Uh, first 15 minutes of every day, spend time with God, worship, scriptures, prayer, like connect with God. Because again, if we have no actual uh, vibrancy in our relationship with God going on in our hearts, then we're just trying to like recite the answers to the test, um, to, to the quizzer, you know, when the people, and, and there's no life in that. But if we're telling them the deep life change, you spend a couple minutes talking to Mark Jones and you hear the testimony of how God has revolutionized his life, Um, man, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And when you're spending time with God and you're developing that relationship and that connection with him is more, it's stronger and it's more um, accessible quicker for you, that's going to more naturally come out to those around you too you know it's coming back to that that idea of what's inside of us is what's going to spill out of us so let's make sure that what we're putting inside of us is all jesus as much as we can you know and that's what's going to spill out if it's a little bit of jesus and a whole lot of netflix netflix is going to spill out you know but and that and i'm not judging people i love netflix <laughs> don't get me wrong like i'm binging some shows currently yay for quarantine like no judgment coming from me, trust me. But like, let's make it intentional about having Jesus be the focus of of what we're ingesting and what we're more than ingesting, what we're digesting, right? What we're chewing on and thinking about and meditating on, and then that's what's going to naturally spill out, and that's what's going to give us more boldness to be more intentional about it too. So good, yeah. One of the so two things I think that you just hit on so well. Um, one is, you know, we started talking about the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea and the pictures that those are of having an input and having an outlet. Um, and, and yet we didn't even talk about making sure about the quality of your input. And, but, and that's kind of one of the things you were just hitting on is we need to make right. sure that we are intentional and even a little bit picky about where we are gathering our input from probably a whole nother episode kind of topic kind of thing. But, um, so great point there. Um, and then another thing that has just been so in my heart, uh, during this, uh, pandemic season, um, is this whole thing about faith. You know, we want to have, um, wisdom and faith and, and not give in to fear. And so I was thinking a lot about faith and, okay, well, gosh, you know, you find people that step into this season um, because the season happened a little bit. You're like, whoa, hey, here it is. You know, that wasn't like we had a lot of lead in um, necessarily. And so where does faith come from and how do we have strong faith? And just that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so if we're not, like you're saying, we're not spending time ingesting and digesting the word of God in, in let's just put it, you know, let in reasonably significant portions, you know, then, then how do we expect to have healthy faith to be able to survive the things that come our way? And so um, probably another episode, you know, that we could even talk about that topic all by itself because it's so significant. Um, And so, man, so good. 
Uh, Kayla, thank you so much for yeah, your thank time you. today. You always bring such a great, I just love the genuineness of your heart. And mm. um, just you, you just have a really good, simple approach uh, that just makes it easy to understand and easy to, to glean from what God has taught you through your journey. And uh, so just thank you for being faithful and uh, consistent and uh, making it through the bad days so that you can uh, tell people about how Jesus carried you through those. And so yeah. it's, it's powerful stuff. Um, God works yeah. in the good days and the bad days. And so um, thank you so much. And uh, My pleasure. I look forward to bringing you back for the follow-up episode, part two of this one. Part two. So we can start jumping into some of the how now that we've covered the why. The why. Um, all right. So uh, you listening audience out there, thank you so much for being a part of the Growing Faith podcast today. As always, please hit me up at rickm at manahouse.church if you have any uh, questions, comments, or snide remarks. Love to hear from you <laughs> and, uh, and ideas for future episode topics and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we appreciate you being a part. Like, share, comment, review. Um, just help get the word out that uh, Growing Faith Podcast exists. And we would love to just resource more people to love God and love their neighbor and see the kingdom of God extended on the earth. With that, we say God bless you and have the most amazing day.